Hanishima, the Voice of Breath podcast with Noam Sendor. My guest on today's podcast is Dr. Orna Trigoboff. Orna has dedicated her life to the promotion of spirituality and well-being. She has a PhD from the University of Sydney, Australia, specializing in Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism. Her dissertation was about the Kabbalah of Rabbi Yitzchak Luria, the Arizal of 16th century Tzfat in the Galilee. Orna has been a Hatha yoga teacher for 20 years and received rabbinic ordination from, from Reb Zalman Shachter Shalom and the Aleph Alliance for the Jewish Renewal. Orna is the founder and spiritual director of Neshama Life, an organization that promotes Kabbalah learning and Jewish mysticism through which she offers online Jewish meditation and Kabbalah study classes. Orna is also a dear friend, and it was a pleasure to sit down with Orna and hear of her journey into yoga and Eastern mystical traditions, and eventually bringing them, bridging them together with her strong Jewish identity in the exploration of Kabbalah. Orna is a gentle soul, kind and wise, and at the end of our interview, she shares with us a deeply immersive, beautiful meditation that focuses on the healing power of the angels. I hope you enjoy. So it gives me great pleasure to to welcome you to the Voice of Breath. Arna, how are you this morning? I am good here in Sydney in lockdown COVID time. Yeah, my gosh, it's uh, crazy times. And we also were locked down here in Melbourne. And, and, you know, for a while, you guys weren't locked down and we were. And then we swapped and then crazy times. But it feels like like times that more than ever we need the the great wisdom and the great healing powers of meditation and Jewish meditation. And so I, I really I thank you for joining me this morning so we can kind of learn a bit of your wisdom and a bit of your journey. And and I was hoping that maybe we could begin as I begin with all my guests to hear a little bit about your own journey. Okay. What brought you what brought you to this moment in your life right now? Right. Well so many things. I'll I'll try and boil it down. Um, I grew up in Sydney and my parents are Israeli and I went to a Jewish day school and a youth movement, became a madracha, a leader and went on a year program to Israel. So I was always very connected to my Jewish identity and to Israel. And and then when I was about 19, I after my year program in Israel, I found yoga practice and uh, Hatha yoga, so a lot of asanas or postures. And I just fell in love with it. I really connected with it and it became one of the, the things that I loved in my life and I really took it up seriously. And I made Aliyah and, and when I was living in Israel, I studied phys- physiotherapy and I also studied with a yoga teacher in Israel 
whose name was Andrew Chernick, and he sort of expanded my idea of yoga so that it wasn't only yoga postures and physical, but he brought into it the idea of meditation and healing and really expanded my idea of what spiritual practice was. It was all very new to me. And then um, moved back to Sydney for various reasons. And in Sydney, I became a yoga teacher and was connected to a teacher here called Acharya Upendra Roy, who passed away a few years ago. But um, with him, I also started learning yogic meditation, mainly on the chakras, on the energy centers, which I'm sure many of the listeners have heard or seen those pictures of a, a person with balls of light along the midline of their body. And so that was a really powerful meditation that I loved. And, and I started running meditation retreats, uh, with, which included yoga sessions, uh, physical postures, and practices of self-improvement and self-reflection. And, and so that, that sort of was happening in my uh, late 20s, early 30s. And then P I noticed that people kept asking me about Kabbalah, or they'd call it Kabbalah, and since I'm Jewish. And, I, and even though I went to a Jewish day school and I lived in Israel for seven years, and I just uh, didn't know about Kabbalah. And, but I started getting really interested in it. And so since I really like studying, I went to university and did a, a master's at, in the Jewish studies department on angels, angels in the Jewish texts. And then I went on to do a PhD on Kabbalat Ha'ari, the Kabbalah of Isaac Luria from 16th century Tzfat in the Galilee. And, and so after I, I finished those academic studies, I was really at a loss about how to integrate that into my spiritual practice and my daily practice and for it not just to be an intellectual thing. And I found here and there I would find people that were integrating Kabbalistic meditation and practices into their, their life and their meditation practice and uh, daily awareness practice. And uh, through the Jewish renewal movement, I found a lot of ideas and support. And also through different teachers like Melilla Helner, an Israeli teacher, and Avram Lida, and also David Cooper in the United States, and uh, David Solomon in Melbourne, different people. And also, of course, those amazing teachers who passed away but left us their books, like uh, many of the Hasidic Rebbe's had really inspiring teachers that helped me um, to develop Jewish meditation that was meaningful to me and also Jewish spiritual practice in general. 
And uh, yep, so so then I started a an organization called Neshama Life. So Neshama is a word in Hebrew that means the higher self or the soul or a person's essence. And so I called it Neshama Life because I felt like the teachings that I was giving, the meditations and daily awareness practices and and text study classes were all designed in order to make or to help each person connect more strongly with their essence, with their divine purpose in life, uh, with the next steps for each of our personal development and self-improvement. And and so slowly I've been developing different, as I learn more and as I meet different teachers, I've been integrating Jewish mystical teachings into uh, practices that that can be done today. Because a lot of the ancient books of Kabbalah are, it's not that obvious how to put them into practice. And uh, so I've had a lot of creative input into that and it's been a really, really amazing journey. Sounds that sounds amazing, and you know, I mean, there's so much, so much that stood out to me there. But I, you know, <laughs> first off, I'm interested in this idea of doing a master's in angels. <laughs> it's a, it's an amazing idea. I mean, I have I have these visions in my in my mind of what it's like to do. A, a, obviously, I I know it's dealing with text, but it's a fascinating idea to study the role of angels. And I know that this is something that has has really fascinated you from the the early academic beginnings and then certainly uh to now i think we'll touch upon that a little bit later on but i'm wondering what what drew you to to this idea of angels and how do you understand the way in which angels interact with with us on a a daily level well first of all i um when i was looking for a topic to do my master's dissertation on um i I was just reading a lot in general and I found the teachings on angels so inspiring and surprising because I just hadn't realized how many teachings about angels and how many times angels come up in Jewish tradition. And I was so surprised. For example, if you start looking at the Siddur, at the prayer book, in terms of looking for mentions of angels, you find them in so many places. And that's surprising. And also in the in the Tanakh, in the Bible, you find the angels mentioned so many times and I really wanted to know more. So I, uh, I did this uh, research into it and found that many beautiful teachings within Ju- in Judaism were related to angels. And of course, the whole idea is that even if you don't believe in angels because they're, you know, we can't prove that there are angels or anything, but they just, the teachings about angels can inspire us to be better people, to have um, support in our lives. And so, for example, there's a beautiful bedtime Shema prayer, a traditional prayer that's said just before going to sleep, 
where we call on the four angels to surround us before we go to sleep with um, the angel Michael on the right, the angel Raphael behind us, Gabriel on the left, and Uriel in front. And so when you look when you look into that prayer and look for the sources in Jewish ancient teachings, we find that there's not only teachings about these spiritual beings called angels, which are said to be messengers from the divine to ourselves, but and back, <laughs> but there's also the idea that each angel is connected to different qualities, different personal qualities and divine qualities. So, for example, Michael is the angel of love and compassion. And so, really, in terms of um, using these teachings about angels for our own practice, we can um, possibly feel these beautiful energies around us and it's also an opportunity to connect with those qualities within us. So, for example, connecting to the angel Michael and the different texts and teachings around that is an opportunity to connect to our own awareness of compassion and love in the world and also in ourselves. And then Gavriel is the angel of strength and judgment and so we not only connect with those qualities that are universal and connected to an angel but also we connect with what does that mean for ourselves in terms of um, our own courage our own ability to judge what's good for us or what's working for us and what isn't good for us and how to set boundaries and how to create structure in our life. And that's all to do with the angel Gavriel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so it becomes a powerful tool for self-reflection, which I think, you know, obviously in today's day and age with all of the, the complexity that we face and the uncertainty and the challenges. Uh, so it seems like such a, a, a really, really powerful tool that we can use to find a bit more grounding and a bit more compassion, a bit more compassion for self and for the ones around us. And so it's a, it's, it's really a beautiful, beautiful idea. I look forward to, to exploring that a little bit later on in, in the podcast. And, you know, and there's, I'm sure there's so many directions that we can take our, our discussion, but I'm wondering, you know, you, you pointed out some of your teachers and you're very lucky to have access or have had access to so many incredible teachers who have impacted your own journey. But I'm wondering if there's any any particular moments that stood out for you that really just, you know, made a, a deep impression on you and, and turned you into who you are today. Any moments or any teachers or any teachings, something that really you feel like that really pushed me forward? Hmm. Well, um, I guess... I'm more of a person who gradually evolves than has these momentous experiences, I must say. So, um, but I think one of the things I remember when I was 
um, very involved in a school of yoga, meditation, and that was very connected to the yogic tradition and also actually also a blend with Rudolf Steiner's tradition um, of anthroposophy. I remember contemplating this idea that everyone kept asking me about what about Kabbalah and Jewish um, mysticism. And I just uh, remember thinking about how, how um, I grew up visiting my dad's office and in his office, he always had this big picture on his wall of the Russian community in Tinzin, China, and his family, together with other people from the Jewish community, were sitting on the steps of a building, and it was the consecration of a building that the um, Jews of Tinzin had all donated money towards an old age home. And I just remember having a moment of thinking, wow, you know, that's to me, that is the essence of Judaism, of caring for each other, of, um, of uh, community and love and, and respect for each other's dignity. And I'll just, I just remember feeling that I was so kind of felt so connected to my Jewish identity and, and proud of it. And I, and I, at that moment, I guess I decided I really want to find out about Jewish spirituality and Jewish mysticism, because I've been so steeped in other cultures, spirituality, I just felt like that really propelled me. That's amazing. That's, uh, you know, and, and I, I'm, I feel like I'm like you. I mean, we don't necessarily have these great big epiphanies. Things build up slowly over time. But there are those sometimes those pivotal moments that, that kind of determine our way forward. And, you know, that's it's an amazing, amazing insight. The, one of the things that we've come up, come up across several times over this podcast has been the, the Jew boo, if you will, how the, there's that, you know, intersection between Judaism and Buddhism, and that a lot of Jews find their way into Jewish spirituality and into Kabbalah through Buddhism or Hinduism or other spir Eastern spiritual traditions. And that's something we've spoken about a lot and has kind of weaved its way through other interviews. Uh, I'm wondering, does, does yoga still play a role in your life today? Oh, yeah, I, I really love um, doing yoga practice. Um, mainly, I love doing the stretches and the physical side of yoga because I, I feel like it gives me a structure in which to look after my body. And, and then I've, I guess I mentioned before that the yogic meditation of, on the chakras was a very an important meditation technique for me and and once i started learning about the jewish as uh, jewish teachings about the svirot which are like the chakras or energy centers along the body then i i guess i i melded or i transformed my kriya yoga it was called a kriya yoga meditation on the chakras I transformed it into a meditation on the Svirot 
according to the Kabbalistic teachings. So I feel like um, yoga is important to me, but I've really sort of transformed um, a lot of my spiritual practice into Jewish practice, but informed or, um, you know, inspired by yoga. And I do have a good friend, Leora Krowitz, and another friend, Ala Melman, who are both yoga teachers. And we often give workshops where we combine yoga, um, yoga asanas or postures with Kabbalistic teachings. So, for example, we'll look at the Hebrew letters and, and, uh, and there's a lot of spiritual teachings about the Hebrew letters and sound in general and we'll do that but we'll integrate it with a body practice or we'll take um, the teachings about the four angels and connect them to the body practice of yoga or the yoga um, postures but also um i because i really love working with other people and and being creative and once a, a, a someone I know who's a Tai Chi teacher saw what I was doing with yoga and connecting it to Jewish teachings and so he and he's an Israeli fellow who uh, grew up in the Sephardi tradition and he said I've been teaching Tai Chi for 25 years but my personal Tai Chi practice is to take the imagery from Psalms and and work it in with tai chi movement and so together we developed a kabbalah tai chi um practice and uh, so we've got a, a video on that which is really really beautiful uh, for example there are verses in the psalms like um like yadenu frusot kenishrei shamaim let our arms be outstretched like eagles' wings in the sky. Or, Raglenu kalot ka'ayalot, may our feet tread lightly on the earth like a deer. Things like that, and they really lend themselves to movement practice. So, I'm doing a bit of that. At the moment, I'm also working with um, Adi Paul Hakim who's a karate teacher in Israel, and we're doing Kabbalah Kata. So we're taking prayers like Ani, the prayer of the morning about gratitude, and connecting them, those words, to traditional uh, karate moves. So there's a lot of, a lot of creativity and, Amazing. yeah. It's bridging all those gaps, you know, and, and connecting the deep wisdoms of the world, which is, uh, I think, a really, a really powerful model. Because I think, you know, unfortunately, I, I don't know if this is your experience of Judaism, but traditional Judaism, or at least it's kind of 20th or 21st century uh, expression in, you know, the diaspora outside of Israel is very much disembodied, it feels, disconnected from the body and became a very intellectual uh, pursuit, deeply intellectual, which obviously has its beauty. But for me, my own personal experience was a Judaism that was very, very disconnected from physicality. And I think part of the tikkun, part of what we're trying to fix is to 
to allow people to experience this authentic Jewish spirituality, but connected to physical health. And yeah. it seems like you're trying to, to bring all these things together, which is really beautiful. Yeah, I think there's so much potential. And that's one of the beautiful things about Judaism is that it is very open to evolving. And so I think, as you said, it's really important to evolve it into, um, into a embodied practice as well. And there are also some ancient teachings. I know I heard your podcast with your father talking about Abu Lafia, who was a 13th century Spanish Kabbalist. And he already had these techniques of meditation where we move, where we move the head and, uh, and, and really connect that movement with breath and sound. So there's a lot of embedded um, potentials for uh, bringing out uh, some kind of spiritual Jewish spirituality with movement. Yeah, I guess the you know part of the danger, I guess, is is you know adopting a certain practice that is not authentic or is somehow you know moving away, and that's always our fear, our great fear within rabbinic Judaism, certainly. You know, and I know I remember the conversation around yoga and certain rabbis saying that yoga is prohibited because, I mean, as we know, I mean, the, the yoga spirituality is is not necessarily, you know, is uh, a very different worldview than a Jewish a Jewish one. So what you're doing is you're taking some of the poses and the, and the physicality of it, but then letting it express an authentically, deeply Jewish approach, right? Which is so it's kind of to take the beauty, the great that is within yoga but then make it Jewish. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. I would definitely say that. I, I sometimes I think about it like my spiritual practice or my my identity is. It's like say a river, and it's it's a river of of Judaism. And I know that we often call the Torah an ocean of Torah, or and so I just feel like I'm on this path or river of uh, Jewish practice, but there are these little um, streams that come in on the side and they bring um, the beautiful teachings from other traditions that we can learn from. And I think it's important to learn from other traditions as well. Yeah, for sure. And to also to, to broaden what Judaism can mean and, and allow different people from outside maybe who haven't found the the calling within you know that their calling is within Judaism they might say oh actually no there's there's a lot there and I think that's yeah. part of what I've been trying to do here is put this out in the world with this podcast and say well actually you know you don't necessarily need to go to these other spiritual traditions that uh, are beautiful but they're not ours you know you in your own backyard or or maybe in your own heart you have access to to deep ancient but also powerfully contemporary spiritual traditions it's right here and i know that that's what you're trying to do in your teaching in the way that you you connect people to judaism yeah yes yeah and so that's the that's the work that is ahead and and maybe just to kind of i was wondering i know this is a big question and i, and I apologize but it's almost afternoon so we can handle uh, <laughs> we can handle such <laughs> questions you know we're at a time of of great uh challenge in the world and great tension 
uh, great pain and suffering in the world. And I'm wondering how, how you see us moving forward. What are some of the things, what are some of the steps that, you know, you, know, you could talk as broad or as direct as, as you want, but where to from here? What are, you know, how are we going to get out of this mess? What are some of the things that we or the people listening right now that we can start to do that will kind of allow us to be a part of the fixing of the great healing? I know that's a big question, but it just feels like it's pressing on us, right? You and I, we're, we're locked down right now. There's so much difficulty in the world. What can we do? Where to? What, you know, what's the next step? Hmm. Well, I think one, one interesting thing is this idea of tikkun olam, of fixing the world or being active partners with God in, in evolving the world to a state of peace and harmony. And one of the, and I know that it comes, that term is used so much nowadays and it comes from uh, Kabbalah and the Kabbalat Ha'ari really developed it in, in 16th century Tzfat. And I always think how it interesting that actually if you look at the texts, they talk about tikkun olam and at the same time talk about tikkun hanefesh, which is a repairing of the individual soul and that they go hand in hand. So I think it's really important um, to remember that we can do lots of good work out there in the world, the tikkun olam, and we also have to remember that we it's okay to give ourselves space to do the tikkun hanefesh work and look at our own soul and our own um, methods for self-improvement and self-understanding because um, that's the that's the other leg on which we're walking towards and evolving into a, a world of of higher states of consciousness and and peacefulness. And so, in terms of Jewish practice, I think it's really a great thing to be able to do to look at Judaism in terms of um, of practices in meditation. And as a as a opportunity to look deeper into our own souls and and just have time of quiet to just relax and go inside and listen to that cold mama daka that still small voice within that is only really heard when we allow ourselves to have that time of stopping reflecting meditating. And, of course, this goes together with other practices of what's nowadays called mindfulness, but mindfulness daily awareness practice, which is also connected to that idea of tikkun hanefesh, of repairing the soul and evolving ourselves and connecting with our neshama, our higher self. And I think the beautiful thing is that the um all the all the different um life life cycle events but also um the festivals and shabbat and that whole torah reading that we read every week a different portion and looking at that as an opportunity for self-improvement so 
every time a certain story in in Genesis comes up each year, let's look at it from the perspective of what is it saying to me this year and how can I improve myself inspired by that part of Torah? How, what's the Torah saying to me? And we've got so many beautiful teachings from Hasidic Rebbe's and other other beautiful teachers that um, I think, you know, playing with all through, playing and exploring all our tradition and mining it for wisdom, I think that's really going to help us. Yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, challenging for those of us in Melbourne and Sydney and, and Australia in general to be locked down, but maybe this is even though the rest of the world is seeming like moving forward as crazy as it is. Uh, but, you know, maybe this is an added opportunity for us to find those quiet moments. You know, as you said, you know, that tikkun hanefesh to be invested, especially now as we are in Elul, we're less than two weeks away from Rosh Hashanah. It's an opportunity for us to say, okay, like we need to be inside right now and, and go, go within, to go deeper within. And like you said, we have so many powerful tools out there we just need to know, you know, we need to have a bit of courage to, to, to access them. And I'm going to share people, share with people the, the, the different ways in which they can get in contact with you and the, the different sources of wisdom that you bring into this world. And so that that's a great opening for so many people. And you've also shared with us a really beautiful, beautifully uh, produced and brought together meditation uh, uh, that we're going to listen to in just a moment. I was wondering if you could just give us a, a brief summary of, of what one might expect as they go on that journey of meditation with you. Okay, well, I started speaking about it already, so um, I'll just continue on. It's, it's really based on the bedtime Shema prayer, where it's a bedtime traditional prayer that each individual says, and they call on the angels, the four angels, Michael, the angel of love, and also the angel of one of the elements of water, and then Gabriel, which is the angel of fire and strength and courage, and Uriel, the angel of light and the air element, and Raphael, the angel of the earth element, and healing and so this meditation um, just brings out our awareness of each of those angelic forces whether you believe in angels or not it really doesn't matter it's more about connecting with those qualities of light for example Uriel connected to a lightness of being and the ability to let go which is so important at the moment. It's Elul, the as you said, it's a time before Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, time to forgive and let go and not hold on to grudges and find a way forward. So that's really connected to the Uriel level of angelic consciousness. And then Raphael, the angel of healing, and uh, connected not only to to physical healing, but also to healing wounds in our psyche and in our soul and opening to those um, opportunities for healing and, and support that we've got around us. So they're the, 
they're the four angels that we're going to explore in our meditation. And then, of course, it's all brought to brought in in harmony with the Shekhinah, with the divine presence. Because, of course, Judaism is all about the one God. And so even if there are angels, they are all um, servants or messengers of the one. And so then we finish up our meditation with connecting with the Shekhinah, the divine presence, and that light in the heart, that holy divine light in the heart that's connected to a harmony of the four angels and their qualities. It's a, a really powerful meditation. We actually had an opportunity to, to do this together. Well, you did it while well, we, we supported you uh, just a few months back, although it, feel, <laughs> it feels like a very <laughs> long time ago. Uh, but you came to my shul in, in Melbourne and, and shared this beautiful moment and back when we could have live music. And that was such a such a powerful moment. And I, I was so grateful that you could come and, and share that with us. And and then also that you can share it now with those people listening at home. It's a, it's a deeply healing and grounding uh, meditation that, as you said, regardless of what a person feels about angels, it's it, it allows a person to connect to these qualities and these these energies in a really powerful way. So I thank you for sharing it with us. And I also thank you for taking a little bit of time to sit down with me this morning and to share a bit of your your journey and your wisdom with us. And we're going to give, once again, give people an opportunity to connect to you through the different modes of connection. They can look at the episode notes just down below. And I thank you, Orna, for your time and for your friendship. And I just want to bless you with continued strength and continued courage to bring great, deep, powerful light into this world. And, and please, God, with your efforts, it should bring tikkun nefesh the rectification of, of the spirit of those around you, and tikkun ha-guf, also rectification of the body. And, and please, God, tikkun olam, a fixing of this world, a healing of this world. So thank you, Orna, for your time. And I will get you back here very, very soon, I am sure. Thanks, Noam, and thanks for the great work that you're doing and, and bringing in all these different amazing teachers in your series. So thank you. It's my pleasure, and I thank you for being a part of it. And I wish you a Shana Tova, Umituka, sweet and happy new year, and I look forward to connecting very, very soon. Thanks, Shana Tova, to you and to everybody, to all the listeners. Amen, amen. And you can stay tuned for just a moment, and the meditation will begin. Welcome to you, angels of Shalom. Peace be with you, angels on high. Come, Michael. Come, Gabriel. Welcome, Uriel. Welcome, Raphael. Peace be with you, angels of Shalom.
This is your time to relax and be supported. Rest your awareness on the breath. Feel the release in three deep exhalations. Rest your awareness on your head and neck. Feel the breath and sense your shoulders, arms, hands, and sense your chest, abdomen. pelvis, back, relaxing your hips, legs, soles of the feet, Relax your whole body. Michael, the angel of love. Sensing the angelic presence of Michael along the right side of your body. Right side of your head and neck. Arm and chest. Abdomen and leg. sole of your foot, the whole right side of your body, Michael the angel of water and abundance, Shefa. Allowing the waters of compassion to wash over you. A gentle, fluid presence. A waterfall of love cleansing your soul. You are a being of love. 
Gabriel, the angel of strength. Feeling the presence of Gabriel on your left side. An energy of strength, courage, discernment on the left side of the head and neck, shoulder, arm, chest, abdomen, leg, sole of the foot, the whole left side of the body, Gabriel, the angel of fire, the angel of order and knowing boundaries, the structure which allows love to flow through the creation. It's always there to guide you. Opening to the quality of confidence and strength. You are filled with the vibrant energy and courage to act. Uriel, the light of God, a presence in front of you. Feeling the light of Uriel along the front of your face, neck, your chest, arms, abdomen, pelvis, legs, feet, Uriel's light along the whole front of your body. Light from the stars. Uriel, full of light and joy. Uplifting your soul. Flying high. A light in the darkness guiding your way. You are a being of light.
Raphael, Angel of Healing. Feeling the presence of Raphael along your back. Like little angels flowing up and down your spine. Holy healing energy permeating your whole being. Raphael, Angel of the Earth. And feel where your body needs healing. Let the light of Raphael work on your body. A cave of sparkling crystals and jewels shining into you. spring of pure water bubbling up from the earth. An energy of harmony and balance healing your body and soul. And now tuning into the Shrina the divine presence, a cocoon of protection all around you, with Michael on your right, the angel of love, Gabriel on your left, angel of strength, Uriel before you, angel of light. Raphael behind you, the divine healer. And the Shrina all around you. flame in your heart, a vibration of peace in and around you, these energies are always there to support and enliven you. You are one with creation. vibration of peace in your head, neck, shoulders, arms, chest, abdomen. 
abdomen, pelvis, the vibration of peace along your back, hips, legs, soles of the feet. Body of peace and gently become aware of the room you're in. Sounds around you. As you prepare to continue with your day, know that Michael is giving you a blessing of love. Gabriel, a blessing of confidence. Uriel, a blessing of light. Raphael, a gift of healing. The Shekhinah, bringing you Shalom. When you're ready, open your eyes to a new world. Hey
Whole world's gone dark, let's all give up I'm not strong enough To light up this darkness Thank you for listening to the Voice of Breath podcast with Noam Sendor. The theme music is the song Breathe by Fetter Hendel. And remember, don't forget to breathe. It's lost its feet, calls for strength and guidance. And I say, I say to you, don't forget to breathe. And I say,